Good News Ministries of GNN.org presents The Story in the Bible. Now, here is Terry Modica. We still haven't covered all the books of the Old Testament. We haven't covered the wisdom books, and I'm going to run through them real quick. The wisdom books are still full of warnings because the people are still needing warnings when these are written. God is trying to warn the kings and the people that worldly wisdom leads to disaster. The purpose of these books are to show the difference between worldly wisdom and God's wisdom. And we start with the book of Joel, which is written about 400 B.C. It's filled with apocalyptic imagery. And the theme is the day of the Lord, the final judgment. When the book of Joel was written, there had at that time just happened a locust invasion that had ravaged Judah's crops. So the book of Joel uses that as a symbol of the need to repent and turn to God with fasting and weeping, because we've been ravaged. Joel foretells the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on anyone who is open to him. On that first Pentecost, after the ascension, when Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks to the thousands of people who gathered around to hear what was going on, What's all this excitement and what's this prayer meeting? St. Peter refers to this in the book of Joel. The book of Joel also describes the final judgment in which the enemy is finally destroyed. And what enemy is he talking about there? Satan. Although at the time the people applied it to the enemies that they had on hand. Because God meant it in both ways. And Joel also describes the future of Israel in which it is restored and forever secure from its enemies. Now, how has that been fulfilled? We look at Jerusalem today, doesn't look like it's been fulfilled. How has that been fulfilled? What is the true Jerusalem right now existing? The church. What did Jesus say about the church and hell? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And by the way, it's not saying the powers of hell. The gates of hell, the door that opens up to hell. What's it saying about the gates of hell will not prevail against the Christians? I mean, who's doing the prevailing? Who's on the attack? If the gates are trying to prevail, they're on the defense. It's the Christians who are on the attack. Jesus is saying that we can conquer Satan's territory because hell's not going to be able to prevail if we attack. We're supposed to march forward and go after all those people who are caught up by the powers of hell. And we can win. We can succeed. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Moving on to Ecclesiastes, which is a Latin word meaning teacher. It was written about three centuries before Christ. We mentioned this when we were talking about Solomon the other day, remember? The purpose is to teach that anything without God is meaningless. We talked about how Solomon had learned that at the end of his life. It was written, though, for people who were very materialistic. They would get, spend, enjoy. Get, spend, enjoy. Get, spend, enjoy. Does this sound like anybody we know? As a result of being materialistic, they believed that God was vague, distant, and uninvolved. Anytime any of us feel like God's not answering our prayers because he's too far away or not involved enough in our lives... We need to look at our materialism to see how that's interfering. Our desire to get and buy and enjoy. And how that's interfering with our relationship with God. 
Tobit, written early in the second century before Christ. See, we're getting closer and closer to the birth of Christ now. Teaches piety and morality. It's a fiction story, perhaps based on true people who really lived. Tobit in this story is, is a devoted, wealthy Israelite living among captives who were deported to Nineveh from Israel in the year 721. That happened. Whether Tobit really existed or not is uncertain. Probably he did not exist. But the people, when they were captured by the Ninevites, the Assyrians, Tobit is supposedly a wealthy Israelite living among the captives. And after experiencing misfortunes, he sends his son Tobiah to far off Midia to fetch money that he's got there so that he can restore his fortunes. Tobiah is met by a man who is really the angel Raphael. Read the book of Tobit sometime to find out how Tobiah manages to marry Sarah. Sarah has gone through seven husbands. Each one of them has been killed on their wedding night. Now, Sarah didn't mean it. There has been a demon that has been killing off the husbands. And because Tobiah puts his faith in God, the demon is not able to touch him. But it's an interesting story to read. The purpose of the story was to teach fidelity to the law. Angels are helpers. We should have piety towards parents because Tobiah helps his father Tobit. We should have purity in our marriages. There's a value to almsgiving. I haven't mentioned that part of it, but it's all in there. There's a value to prayer and fasting. That's what helps them get through it. Interesting book. Read it. Sirach was written after that, probably between 200 and 175 B.C. Originally, it was called The Wisdom of the Son of Sirach. And in the early church, this book was used extensively to teach morality to the catechumenates and to all the faithful. Originally, it was written, though, to be used as a textbook for classes of Jewish converts and the Jews in general to address the topics that were important to life as a Jew. Family life, community life, friendship, education, poverty and wealth, the law, worship, and so on. All of this is in the book of Sirach. It's a good one to read for ourselves for us to learn how to be a better family member, how to be in community, how to be a good friend, etc. The next books written were Maccabees 1 and 2. Maccabees covers the history that took place between 175 and 134 B.C. It's a true story of how God worked to save Israel through the family of the Maccabees. Mattathias was the patriarch of that family. There's a battle going on between the Jews and the pagans. There's also a battle going on between the Jewish people who were true believers and the Jewish who were not. The first book of Maccabees is a comparison between this family's virtues and the rest of the non-believing Jews. And it was a comparison between their exploits to the heroes of the old days. Samuel, David the judges, the military leaders. The moral of the story is that God is their covenant partner. The word partner is important. In Maccabees 2, it covers the history between 180 to 161 B.C. And it shows how God intervened to punish the sacrilegious pagans, purify his temple, and restore it to his people. 
It's the first known writings in scriptures that glorify martyrs. And it's unusual for its teachings. There's three teachings that are outstanding in this that make it unusual. It teaches the resurrection of the just on the last day. I'm talking about unusual for the Old Testament. It teaches about the intercession of saints in heaven for the people on earth. It's like a book before its time, you know. And it teaches the power of those who are on earth to pray for the dead. This is where we get our proof from that there is a purgatory and that the people in there need prayers. They need our loving support offered up through prayers to help them out of purgatory into the fullness of heaven. The book of Judith was written around the turn of the first century before Christ. You could think of it as a pamphlet written for difficult times. It's a story of war and intrigue. Probably would make a good movie. The purpose is to strengthen the people's faith in God's presence. In the book of Judith, God is seen as the master of history. The story takes place during King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. And the word Judith, that the book is named after, the word Judith translates to Jewess, meaning a Jewish woman. Judith rescues the Jews from defeat. The way she does that is by slipping into the enemy camp to kill the commander. And as the story goes in Judith, the Assyrians, the enemy, panics. And in their panic, the Jewish army is able to slaughter them. And all because Judith had had the courage to slip into the commander's camp. If you turn to the book of Judith, let's go to chapter 15 to note something significant. Use your table of contents to find where Judith is. 15th chapter, verse 9 and 10 we're going to look at. What we're about to read here, this is a hymn that was sung by the people to honor Judith for what she had done for her people. You are the glory of Jerusalem, the surpassing joy of Israel. You are the splendid boast of our people. With your own hand you have done all this. You have done good to Israel, and God is pleased with you with what you have wrought. May you be blessed by the Lord Almighty forever and ever. Now this is speaking about Judith, remember. It's speaking to a woman. It's praising a woman. In our liturgies at Mass, this is sometimes used to honor Mary. This scripture quote is used to refer to Mary. Because of her role in delivering her people from the enemy, she's a precursor of Mary, the Blessed Mother. And the moral of this book, the moral of the story is God always intervenes to preserve his people. And then lastly, the book of wisdom. This was written in the name of Solomon. Probably written about a hundred years before Christ, so it wasn't probably written by Solomon's own hand. As we read the book of wisdom, if we can think in terms of the spirit of wisdom being the Holy Spirit... It adds greater depth and understanding to what is being said in that book. And what's interesting is the Holy Spirit, or wisdom, is referred to in here as a woman. So all the feminists out there, if they ever say, Why, you know, you guys are off base here because God is a man. This isn't fair. God is a man. Say, no, look, read the book of wisdom. God's also a woman. The purpose of the Book of Wisdom was to strengthen and encourage the people who were being persecuted by their fellow Jews 
who were non-believers. Are there any questions? We just finished the Old Testament. You've been listening to Story in the Bible. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit GNM.org today.